Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. It's always good to, to uh, you know, make it to church in the middle of the week. So much is buying for our time. And uh, you know, there's so many other things that we could be doing. So many things are pulling on us, you know, pulling on our time and pulling on uh, our energy. But for you that pressed your way to come out here tonight, I commend you. It's, uh, again, it's hard with everything that goes on in life to um, put that all aside and say, you know, some of you that, that are actually here, you made a decision that no matter what, I'm going to church tonight. No matter what happens, no matter what, you know, tries to come in my way, no matter, flat tire, it doesn't matter what it is, I'm making myself my way to church today. Is that anybody tonight? That's awesome. And God understands that, and God blesses us because of that. Not, not because of that, but he, he rewards us because of our heart and because of our effort to press through life, through circumstances, to make it to church to hear what he has to say to us. Tonight we're gonna to be talking about something um, that uh, a lot of people try to avoid. And uh, what we're gonna be talking about tonight is unforgiveness. And that's a strong word. Again, it's something that we, many people, try to avoid. Um, but before we get started, if you don't have notes and you would like to, uh, to receive some handwritten notes, go ahead and lift your hands. Ushers are in the aisleways. And also, um, while they're getting those notes passed out, we have a new mobile app, a new mobile app. Our production, or Abby uh, Leon, our production director, um, put in a lot of work getting this mobile app up and running and together. And we have that app available. You can download it on an Apple Store or, and um, also on uh, Google Play. And in that app, you have the ability to take live notes so everything that's on that paper, you'll see there's a little button there that says live notes. You click that, you click the message for tonight, and you can actually input your notes right there on your phone. Um, so that's a really cool thing. So take advantage of that. And at, the great thing is at the end, when you finish uh, putting in all your notes, you can actually email it to yourself. And so you, uh, you, know, you won't lose anything. You can go back through it and all of that good stuff. Um, so before we, uh, we get started, you guys ready to pray? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this evening. Thank you for this time to speak to your people about something that is not just near and dear to my heart, but it's very near and dear to yours. So much so that Jesus talked about forgiveness and to forgive so many times and it's all throughout the Old and New Testament. And God, as we seek to receive freedom, the freedom that you have already given us, we thank you for grace. We thank you for strength. We thank you for peace for all that you're gonna do in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Before we get started, I got a video that I've asked the production team uh, to prepare. It's just about a minute and a half, two minutes, and so let's watch this video. You and I met at Stillwater Prison. I wanted to know if you were in the same mindset of what I remember from court, where I wanted to go over and hurt you, but you were not that 16-year-old. You were a grown man. I shared with you about my son. 
and he became human to me. You know, when I met you, it was like, okay, this guy is real. And then when it was time to go, you broke down and started shedding tears. And the initial thing to do was just try to hold you up as best I can. Just hug you like I would my own mother, you know. After you left the room, I began to say, I just hugged the man that murdered my son. And I instantly knew that all that anger and the animosity, all the stuff I had in my heart for 12 years for you, I knew it was over, that I had totally forgiven you. As far as receiving forgiveness from you, sometimes I still don't know how to take it because I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. It's something that I'm learning from you. I won't say that I have learned yet because it's still a process that I'm going through. I treat you as I would treat my son, and our relationship is beyond belief. We live next door to one another. Yeah, so you can see what I'm doing. You know, firsthand. Mm -hmm. We actually bump into each other all the time, leaving in and out of the house. And our conversations, they come from, boy, how come you ain't called over here to check on me in a couple of days? (laughs) You ain't even asked me if I need my garbage to go out. Uh I find those things funny because it's a relationship with a mother for real. Well, my natural son is no longer here. I didn't see him graduate. You know, you're going to college. I'll have the opportunity to see you graduate. I didn't see him get married. Hopefully one day I'll be able to experience that with you. Just to hear you say those things and to be in my life in the manner in which you are is my motivation. It motivates me to make sure that I stay on the right path. You still believe in me. And the fact that you can do it despite how much pain I cause you, it's amazing. I know it's not an easy thing, you know, to be able to share our story together, even with us sitting here looking at each other right now. I know it's not an easy thing. So I admire that you can do this. I love you, lady. I love you too, son. Forgiveness. Yeah, you can clap. I thought this was a, an amazing, amazing video. And, and actually, when I watched it this morning, I had tears in my eyes like so many of you right now. That right there was, in my opinion, the ultimate form of forgiveness. It's one thing to forgive somebody for stepping on your toe or bumping into you in the grocery store with the grocery basket on the back of your heel. <laughs> Y'all know that pain. Ooh. But to forgive someone that took the life of your child and not just forgive them and release them, but to see them every day, to hug them, and to say, I love you, son. She replaced, lost her natural born son. But I believe, and she doesn't mention it in this video, but I believe that the spirit of God, the love of God helped her to release that pain, to release that anguish, that anger, the resentment that she may have felt for this man taking the life of her son and he replaced it with another son. Can you imagine her looking at this man every day, realizing 
This is the man that took the life of my boy. That's forgiveness. That's true forgiveness. And that's the kind of forgiveness that the Father wants us to walk in. That's the kind of forgiveness that the Father wants us to live in. The last couple months, and this is kind of where this, uh, this message kind of came out of, the last couple months, the Father has really been dealing with me with unforgiveness. And I'm gonna be very, very transparent with you guys tonight, if that's okay. He's really been dealing with me with unforgiveness in my own personal life. There are so many different things that that I hadn't realized that I was holding on to that the Father has really revealed to me. Uh, about a month ago, I was in my devotion time in the morning. I was reading a book and just kind of praying. And the Holy Spirit started to speak to me. He said, I want you to write, I'm getting ready to tell you some names and I want you to write these names down. Okay, things like that happen when you're, you know, you're spending time with the Father. So I didn't have a pen, of course. I'm a millennial, I'm a millennial. So I had my phone and I started jotting the notes down on my, on my cell phone. I always got my phone with me. Don't laugh too hard. My wife's sitting right here on the front row. So I started writing these names down on my phone. And when I got down, the list was long. And I, I still have the, the list on my, on my phone right now. The list was so very long. And I got to the very end. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And he said, these are the names of the people that you have hold, you, you're holding unforgiveness in your heart. And I said, Wow. There were things, and then he started to reveal the, the, the moments and the times that those people offended me or hurt me and different things like that. He started to reveal me and take me back to those times, back to those instances when it actually happened. It's like I had to relive it all over again. Some of them I was like, I didn't even remember that that actually happened. I, I forgot about that. I didn't even remember this thing. I thought I'd already forgiven them for, for it. But he revealed to me and showed me that I had not truly forgiven and I was still holding on to some things. And what I had done was I had pressed it down so far, so far into my heart to where I didn't even, it, it almost didn't hurt me anymore. Didn't mean that it wasn't there, but I just kind of masked it with other things. And I started to build up these walls in my life. It caused me to build up these, these different walls. So much so, I remember in the early stages, my wife and I are, have been married now 11 years, but I remember in the early first couple years of our, our, our marriage, I remember one day, this conversation so very plainly, she asked me this question, and we were you know, probably having some heated fellowship, and, um, and she, said, she said, what happened to you that you won't let me in? Why do you have these walls up that you won't let me in? You won't realize that I truly love you. You won't let me in. And at the time, I didn't know. And over the course of, of, of certain years, up until a couple months ago, I finally realized that there had been something that I had been holding on for 20 years. And the father, in this time of my devotion, he showed me this tree. Now, I'm going to get to my notes but he showed me this tree. And above ground, the tree looks so, so very beautiful. It's got leaves. It's got, you know, you know, all these other different things. Big, you know, stretched up, you know, 15, 20 feet high. And I looked at this tree and he said, well, that's not the thing that I want you to focus on. I want you to focus on what's underneath the tree. Underneath the tree are the roots. And the roots are what gives this tree nutrients, what gives this tree water, what allows this tree 
to live. He said, this tree is unforgiveness. And what I need you to do to get rid of this unforgiveness in your heart, you've got to get down to find out what is actually nourishing this tree of unforgiveness. What is actually feeding this tree? What is allowing this tree to stay alive? What is at the root? And I'm gonna be very transparent. A couple months ago, I, I preached. I got up here to preach, and in walks my father. Most of you were probably here. In walks my father as soon as I stand up to the podium. A lot of you don't know the story, and it'll take me a long time to share the whole thing. But I hadn't seen my father in probably about five years. And I can count on one hand how many times I've actually seen him. Didn't know that he was my father until I turned 13 years old. I realized that weekend, because we had, a, we had an opportunity to, uh, to go away, um, my wife stayed with his wife, my mother-in-law, or not my mother-in-law, my stepmother, and he and I just drove and we went and sat in a parking lot and we talked. It was at this moment I began to cry like a five-year-old baby. Because I had the opportunity to actually talk to my father and tell him how angry I was with him, how hurt I was with him. In fact, when I finished preaching that day and I sat down here right next to him, at 33 years old, that was the first time I heard my father say, I'm proud of you, son. My mother, I am the stereotype of what statistics are for African-American men. I can say that, because I'm black. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> Broken home, my mother divorced my, uh, my father, who I have his last name. She divorced him when I was seven years old. Again, I found out who my real father was when I was 13. She married my stepfather when I was 12 or 13. They've been married now for 20, 21 years. So she was single for six, seven years. It was just us, her, my, my brother and I. Single mom, working a couple jobs, trying to take care of two boys and not let them be uh, soft. Teaching us how to be man, men, the stereotype. And before I, before I go on, I want to say that you don't know what it took for me to get to where I am today. You don't know the pain that I endured. You don't know the betrayal. You don't know the suffering. You don't know the things that I had to go through to be able to stand where I am today. And I'm not just talking about me, but let me help you not to be judgmental to other people because you don't know what other people have gone through. 
When you see people hurting, you see people going through different things, you don't know. Don't talk down to people. Don't look down on on people because they make a mistake or because they do something that you wouldn't do. You don't know what they have gone through. You don't know the pain that they have had to endure. You don't know how they have to walk around with a smile on their face and when they get home, they're crying tears and pulling their hair out and wondering if if I should take my life. Is my life even worth living? Let me help you not to be judgmental, but to walk in the love of God. So when the Father helped me to understand that root was when I really began to start dealing with it. I had held on to this pain for my father for 20 years and didn't even realize it. I pushed it down so far and it started to show up in various different relationships. I just, you know, just very, I have very surface, had very surface relationships with so many people. My wife will tell you that, you know, she would tell me all the time, she said, you just cut people off so quick. You cross me one time, boom, I'm done. Because I'm not going to allow you the, the opportunity to hurt me. And I realized that that was wrong that this pain that I was holding on to from my father caused me to build these walls to prevent anyone else from hurting me. He hurt me so bad, he didn't even know it, which was the thing. But he hurt me so bad, I'm not gonna allow anyone else to hurt me, so I'll build up the wall. And that's what unforgiveness will do to you. Causes you to build up the wall. Let's go to our, go to our notes, because I'm running out of time but I hope that really blessed someone. Matthew 18, 21. Peter asked Jesus, he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, and Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And in some translations, it says 70 times seven, which 490 times. Can you imagine forgiving somebody 490 times? After the second time, we're ready, hey, three strikes and you are out. 490 times? But what Jesus was really saying here, and guys, uh, I'll be in the booth. I'm sorry, but if you can put up verse 32 and 35, I'm gonna get to it in in a second, in the same chapter. But what Jesus was saying here is there's no time limit. There are not time limit. There's no amount on the forgiveness. He said that he gave this specific number, if you will, but what he was trying to press home or, or, or the point that he was trying to make was There's no exceptions. Always forgive. No matter what, always forgive. And then in verse 32, I was reading through this this passage, and they should put it up in a few minutes. Um, During this devotion time, and the Father brought something, a scripture out to me that I had read so many times, but it just hit me a different way when I read it, read it this time. And how many of you, that's happened to you before? You can read the same scripture a hundred times, but on 101, the Holy Spirit just speaks something different to you. And it's always awesome, because God is just that good. He's that big. So verse 32, um, he goes on through the story. Jesus tells a story about uh, the unmerciful servant. And the servant, uh, the king is, or master, is going through his books and he sees that, uh, that there's this particular servant that owes him some money. 
And the amount of money that the servant owed would take him, it was like 20 years worth of wages. It was impossible for him to repay it. And so he ordered for the servant and his, his wife and his children to be sold into slavery so that he can repay the debt. The servant dropped to his knees and he begged him. He said, please, please, you know, have mercy on me. You know, I, I can't pay it right now. I don't have it, but have mercy on me. The master says, all right, he canceled the debt. Go on about your business. Literally, when the servant walks out, walks out from, from the master and he ends up bumping into one of his servants, and his servant owed him some money. And it said that the amount of money that he owed was probably a day's worth of wages. It didn't even compare. 20 years, one day. And he grabs the servant, chokes him. The scripture says it. He chokes him. You're going to give me my money. I don't have it. Have mercy on me. He begged him. Same thing he said to the other master. Begged him. Have mercy on me. Just, I can't do it. I don't have it right now. Just please have mercy on me. No. You owe me my money, you don't have it, you're going to jail. Threw him in jail. Other servants that were actually there while this servant was being forgiven by his master saw that and they got upset, angry. We just watched you get forgiven for your debt and you can't even forgive this man. So they go back and they tell the master. Master calls him back and he says, how dare you? Let's read this. You wicked servant. He said, I cancel all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? 34, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And this is the part, the scripture that I read that I had never really, it just caught me different this time. 35, it says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. He didn't just stop and say, unless you forgive your brother and sister. But he said, unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Because sometimes we can say, I forgive you up here. But in here, I didn't really forgive you. I'm still holding on to that thing. But the thing was that I saw here was that the master turned him over to the torturers. The master didn't do anything. He turned him over to be tortured until he could pay back the debt. And Jesus is explaining a story here about what unforgiveness does to us. So let's look at our notes. The first thing that unforgiveness does is it brings torture and torment. Torture and torment. Now, I read through this, and I was like, well, wait a minute, because you're a good father. It's who you are. You're a good father. You don't put things on me to teach me anything. You don't put sickness on me to try to teach me something. That's, that's not in your character. That's not the love of God. So, Father, you got to help me understand this. If Jesus is saying that, that this is what you will do to me if I hold unforgiveness in my heart, you got to help me understand this. And he says, son... I chasten those that I love. I discipline those that I love. And he gave me an example of my kid, my son. If my son does something and I say, hey, don't do that. This is why you should not do that. You're going to get hurt or this, that, and the other. Don't do it again. Yes, sir. But he does it again. The second time I'm going to come back and I'm going to say, son, I told you, do not do that. This is the last time I'm going to say it. 
If he does it again, there's no more conversations. The belt's coming off. And there's going to be some torture and torment. (laughs) Spanking. Because I told you the first time and the second time, but now I've got to let you feel this thing so that you know that I mean business. The father says, sometimes I have to just let my hand go because you're creating this yourself. Your unforgiveness is creating this torture and this torment. It's torture, number one, to have hateful thoughts toward another person rolling around inside of your head all the time. All of the time. Rolling around with thoughts of hate, thoughts of anger, thoughts of resentment and bitterness towards someone. That's torture. Every day, you're thinking about this person. You're on Facebook and you scroll up your Facebook and you see their picture or their post on your timeline and now you're mad all over again because you hurt me 17 months ago. Unforgiveness is like a poison. Let it be. I'm gonna really move through this. It's like a poison. It slowly destroys you both inside and out. It's not something that happens right away. Unforgiveness will destroy you slowly and you won't even realize it. There was an article Pastor Rob sent to me uh, a couple days ago when he found out that I was actually preaching on this and uh, the article talked about their uh, medical study that there are doctors that actually study the effects of unforgiveness and what it has on your body and the diseases that Uh, that you possess because of unforgiveness. And when people actually forgive, there's this release of this disease, if you will. And when you look at that scripture that we were just reading, when Jesus says that the master turned the servant over to the torturers and that the father would do the same thing to us, listen, there are certain sicknesses and diseases that we have now because we're holding unforgiveness in our heart. High blood pressure, depression, stress, heart problems, cancer. Now, I'm not gonna say that every disease, every sickness you have is because of unforgiveness, because that's just not true. And the truth of the matter is, you don't know necessarily know what suffering uh, you may have Physically, financially, emotionally, you don't know what suffering is connected to unforgiveness until you forgive. And when you forgive, like the scripture says, he said he was gonna be in prison being tortured until he paid the debt. So once that debt is paid, he's released. Just like once you forgive, you're released. The suffering, the pain, whatever it is, it's released. When we do not forgive others, we destroy ourselves on an emotional and spiritual level. Letter C, it spreads like like an infection. You ever had a wound maybe fail or or your your kid or something fell, scraped their knee, got a cut or something like that? Now imagine you clean it up with some alcohol peroxide or whatever, put a Band-Aid on it, what's gonna happen? The wound is gonna eventually heal. Now take a child or, or yourself where you, do, you cut yourself, you fall, scrape your leg or whatever, and you do nothing. 
You don't clean it, dirt gets in it. You don't put anything, you don't cover it. None of that. What happens? Gets infected. And then you got the, 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 the little colorful juices coming out of it. Pretty disgusting, right? That's what happens to us. When we let unforgiveness go untreated, colorful things start coming out of us. Colorful words. Infection spreads. If we don't remove the dirt and infection from the wound of our heart by extending forgiveness, the infection spreads. I'm really gonna move fast, guys. Letter D, unforgiveness is self-imprisonment. When we do not forgive a person who has hurt us or if we cannot forgive ourselves for something we have done, we make a prison out of our own heart. You do it yourself. I was reading this book and one of the quotes in the book says, uh, he says, forgiveness is like opening up opening up the cell door to a prison and releasing the prisoner only to find out that the prisoner is you. That's what forgiveness is. Opening up that jail cell, letting that prisoner out that's been there for days, weeks, months, years, only to find out that the prisoner that's been locked in all that time was yourself. Because the truth of the matter is, the person that offended you, the person that hurt you, the person that betrayed you, the person that cheated on you, the person that lied to you, the person that stole from you, listen, they've moved on and you're still holding on to it. Stop giving them all of your brain space, your heart space. Let it go. Say, let it go. Forgive, define, to pardon an offense. And I like this definition. Cease to feel resentment against. Now, really quick, let's talk about some misconceptions about forgiveness. Number one, letter A, I mean, forgiveness is not easy. And if anybody tells you that forgiveness is easy, they're lying to you. Because it's not. Forgiveness isn't easy at all. Because sometimes... I, you, you may hurt me, I may forgive you, but the pain is still there. If you punch me in my eye, now I wouldn't recommend it because I'm, I'm a, a boy from the hood of Detroit. It may not end well. <laughs> so the hood, a little bit of the hood is still in there. You know how Paul said I have to die daily? Yeah. The old man rises up with me every day and I have to kill him. <laughs> But if you hit me in my eye and I have a black eye as a result of it, you can tell me that you're sorry and I may forgive you, but for the next two, three, four days, I'm gonna wake up and still see that black eye. It's not easy, because I'm gonna be reminded about it. Every day we are faced with opportunities to yield to the spirit of unforgiveness and opportunities to walk in love. You've got two choices every day with every situation that comes your way. You can either yield to unforgiveness or you can walk in love. It's not easy, but the quicker you do it, the easier it becomes. It's never going to be easy, but it becomes a little bit easier. Letter B, forgiveness is not conditional. That's why Jesus gave that scripture. He said, or gave that, uh, that number, 70 times seven. 
Forgive without exception, without limit. Number two, God wants and expects us to forgive everyone for everything, every time. He wants us to forgive everyone for everything, every time. No exceptions, no conditions. Because if Jesus can be spit on, kicked, punched, beat to beyond recognition, nailed to a cross, and while he's on the cross dying, look to his father and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If Jesus can do that, so can we. Letter C, forgiveness is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. I'm still hurting. I don't want to forgive you. I want to be mad at you. Letter D, forgiveness is not pretending you aren't hurt. Walking around with a painted on smile while you're emotionally dying is not forgiveness. In fact, Paul says over in Ephesians chapter four, and I love the message paraphrase, he says, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. God gives us the right to be angry. You can be angry. You stepped on my toe, it hurt, I'm upset. But it doesn't give me the right to come and step on your toe too. Because I want you to feel the same pain that you that uh, caused me. Let me say this. This is a Married for Life seminar. If your spouse steps out on you, it doesn't give you the right to go and do the same just because you're angry. Let me move on really quick. Letter E. Forgiveness is not turning the other cheek. You slap me on, my le- on the left side, I'm not gonna turn so you can slap me on the right side. That's dumb on my part. The left side hurt. I don't want the right side hurting too. Christianity is not about denying a wound caused by someone else. It's not what Christianity is. Letter F. Forgiveness is not saying what the person did is okay because it's not okay. They hurt you. They took advantage of you. They betrayed you. It's not okay. And you forgiving them is not you saying, you know, it's all right. You hurt me, but it's okay. No, it's not okay. It also does not mean that God condones the wrongdoing either because that's what prevents people from forgiving sometimes. Because they're like, if I forgive you, then that means that God just is just going to be like, oh, that's okay. No, because that forgiveness, they have to go to, to, to God for forgiveness on their own for what they did to you and whomever else, their wrongdoings. But it's not your responsibility to worry about whether they go to God to forgive for forgiveness or not. It's your responsibility to forgive them so that you're not picking up the baggage in your own life. Forgiveness is not trusting the other person. It's not what it is. If you hurt me, you lied to me, I may forgive you, but I'm not gonna trust you again so quickly. Look at this. It takes a moment to destroy trust. 
but a lifetime to rebuild it. A lifetime to rebuild it. Don't allow a momentary pleasure cause you to destroy a lifetime relationship, a lifetime of trust. I don't know why I'm talking about marriage here, but I'm going to put this out here again. Because there are studies that say that when there's infidelity, it takes at least five years to get over it. Five years to, to be fully done with it, forgiven, moved on. It doesn't hurt you anymore when you think about it. Five years. So whoever you are, if you're thinking about it, do you got five years? Because you're going to be dealing with it for the next five years, at least. I hope that helps somebody to not make a bad decision. Letter H, forgiveness is not relieving the person of responsibility. It's often not a one-time event. More than likely, you're going to be hurt again. That's why Jesus tells us 70 times seven, without exception. And last, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. Put a star by this next point. Highlight this. Forgive others not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. They may not deserve forgiveness from you at least, but you deserve peace. You don't deserve to be having those thoughts and having that pain and having that thing recurring in your head all the time. You don't deserve that. You deserve peace. So forgive them not because they deserve your forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. It's not for them, it's for you. Ask yourself, is it worth continuing to live in pain? Is it worth continuing to suffer? I'm gonna move really, really, really quick. That was my third closing. Number three, how do I walk out forgiveness in my life, Pastor Dave? Letter A, this is the, these are the points that the Father had given me. Some people may say something different. This is what the Father has given me. Pray. Pray. Mark 11, 24, 25. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, we always talk about that scripture and the passage before it that says uh, you can speak to a mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea and it'll do it. It'll follow your command. And then Jesus goes and says that when you believe or when you pray for something, believe that you receive it and you have it. And we stop there and we shout, yeah, I'm believing God's gonna give it to me. But wait a minute, there's more. And when you stand praying, if you have something against somebody, forgive. It's awesome that God connects our faith or that Jesus connects our faith in believing him for answer prayers to forgiveness. That tells us that it's important to him. Praying for the person begins the inner healing process from all the hurt and enables you to take the heart of Christ. Number two, it is extremely difficult to harbor 
ill feelings towards a person and pray for him or her at the same time. Listen, that was one of the hardest things for me. Worship team, you guys can get ready to come up. That was one of the hardest things for me when I was going through that list because after the Holy Spirit told me that these were the names of the people that I was holding unforgiveness towards, the first thing he told me was, now pray for them. I was like, golly, really? And then you start praying and I called out a name and you're like, okay, tell them you forgive them. I Really good. Start gagging and everything. It was the hardest thing to say, I forgive you. And not pray about them, but pray for them. Pray for their prosperity. Pray for healing in their bodies and their families. Pray for everything that they touch, that their, their, their hand, everything that their hands touch, they'll prosper. I thank you for peace in their home and strength. It's hard to pray for someone like that that's hurt you, that betrayed you, that didn't have your best interest at heart, but you're praying for God's will in their life. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Every day I've been praying for those people on that list. And every day it's become easier and easier. The funny thing was, you want to know who the person was at the very top of that list? It's me. Because we don't have an issue. Well, it is an issue sometimes forgiving other people. But one of the hardest things to do is to forgive ourselves. One of the hardest things to do is to forgive ourselves. I have no idea what that says. Oh, I'm done. Pray. Number two, communion. Take communion. Actually, no, I am going to take next week. We're going to come back and finish next week. And I may have some more stuff for you. So tell Pastor Rob he's relieved. Because <laughs> Rob's supposed to be preaching next week. But really quick, I want you to bow your heads. Close your eyes. Before we give the altar call, I'm going to do one call really quick. Actually, yes. I want you to think about the person that hurt you. I know it may be hard. You may have tried to forget about them and push them out. I don't want to think about them, but I want you to do it. Think about that moment. Think about that time that they hurt you. It may be hard to go back to that place. Go back to that place back to that person. And when you have them in front of your head or in your mind, I want you to say, today, I let it go. I know it's hard, but I want you to say it. Come on, say today, 
I let it go. You deserve peace. You deserve to be free. You deserve not to hold on to it anymore. God's got so much for you. But you gotta release it. You gotta let it go. You may be in here today. And you may say, you know, I've done so much in my life, I can't even forgive myself. How can the Father forgive me? I want you to know that He does. That before you were even born, He had already forgiven you for everything that you were going to do. That's the amazing thing about God. And today, you may have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior inviting them into your heart. And I want to give you that opportunity today. If you want to be clean, washed, made new, if you never accepted Jesus, lift your hand today. Lift your hands. Now, you may say, I've already accepted Jesus, and I kind of strayed away a little bit kind of did my own thing, but I'm ready to come back. We call that here recommitment. I want to turn my life back over to you, Jesus. I messed up, and I've realized that I can't do this on my own, and I need you in my life. If that's you, lift your hand. You want to come back home to Jesus. I see that hand. Yes, see those hands, hands all over. Yes, the hand over there. Proud of you, sir. Proud of you, ma'am. Repeat after me, everybody. So, Father, I give my life to you today. My everything belongs to you. No longer can I live this life without you. No longer can I walk through life without you. Today, I dedicate my heart. I commit my heart to you. Make me new. Change me. Make me more like you. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen. Amen. Listen, we're going to come back next week. And we're going to go into this a little bit more. It's hurtful. Hey, you saw me cry right here in front of you. It's okay to cry. It's okay. We're going to talk about this a little bit more, talk about some stuff, but listen. Today, a lot of you are already free. And that's amazing. Come back next week. You're going to be free. You're going to be free. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.